right, so let me get settled in here. All right, dog is wrapped. I've taken a seat. MP is here. All the friends are starting to filter in. We got some artwork pinned to the top. I think we can get things underway here. Whew. All right. So, welcome everybody to another uh, artist spaces artist spotlight. Oh man, give me a second here. Let me try to get this sentence out correctly. <laughs> welcome everyone to another artist spotlight from Burrito Dow. We are here with Weeping Snakes, who I will be referring to as MP throughout the course of this interview. Um, at one point, I will ask you where Weeping Snakes comes from, but we will get to that uh, in a little bit. Sounds good. Uh, for anyone who is tuning in, uh, this space will be recorded. You will be able to check it out uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, on our YouTube channel at a later date and record it in our Twitter archive as well. I'm ready here from Burrito Dow. I'm one of the artists on tap, and I also handle um, a bunch of the stuff with spaces and a handful of other things as well. And we're here to get things underway and learn a little bit more about MP here. Hello, everybody. As Reddy said, I'm MP. Um, really happy to be here. All right, would you mind giving us a brief intro to what you do and how you would describe your own artwork? Yeah. Um, so I uh, started back in art around um, 20, late 2020, I would say. Um, I work in research in my normal life um, and Honestly, which is like more a photographer for most of my life. And um, I started getting back into art in like 2020 and um, didn't really like I knew about like NFTs and whatnot, but I wasn't really ready to get into that or like really I had a lot of stuff going on at the time. Um, but I just kept working on things on my own, um, like on my phone and whatnot um, over the course of like 2021. Um, but I have dysgraphia and that like limits a lot of like what I felt like I could do, especially with uh, artwork. And so that's why I was explaining what that is for uh, everyone in the crowd for a, a second there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so dysgraphia, it's like, um, if you know what dyslexia is, it's like dyslexia of writing. So I have issues with like my motor and spatial awareness and it makes, it, it creates a lot of issues with like me um, understanding spacing, shadowing perspective and stuff like that. Um, like it really affects my hand, my handwriting a lot. Um, I cannot write like in a straight line. I have to use line, line paper and in general, it's just kind of like, really uncomfortable for me to do a lot of like hand written things. Um, it's just like my hand just does not want to cooperate with what I'm thinking. And it's really annoying. Um, it's, I've like learned to come over it, uh, overcome it a lot um, with a lot of things, like with switching to typing um, and doing more digital things. But it's just like, well, for me, it's just more, mainly really, really annoying. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't I say just for you. That sounds pretty annoying to have to be dealing with. <laughs> yeah, like I say that just because it, it doesn't cause me like legitimate issues with like learning style and everything. Like it's, it's just more like a lot of repetition over and over again. Like I cannot write words like right away um, when I'm writing things down. Like I had to go back and erase like at least five to ten times before I can like get it to look like a normal word. 
and I have to just really focus on stuff like that. But at least for me, it doesn't cause like serious issues, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, compared to like other things, like I'm also just dysgra- uh, dyslexic and have auditory processing disorder, so like learning's like an issue for me. Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot to have to be dealing with. Um, do you feel that because you have dealt with these things, being able to like express yourself through artwork uh, gives you like a better like handle on, or, or does it even present like different challenges because of uh, the dysgraphia? Like, do you believe that art either gives you room to express yourself and like kind of get away from the way that you feel like with handwriting and like manual stuff like that or does it also present new challenges um i would say a bit of both definitely um at least where i am now like it def- i definitely feel like it's more like helping me with the expression and stuff but prior to that like when i was still working only on my phone that was a big issue because I don't really enjoy traditional art so much because I make a lot of mistakes. Like I know like some people will say like, just work past the mistakes, like work through them and get like, um, you know, you can create something new with that, but it just doesn't work for me. Like I make like the most random mistakes because just because my hand doesn't want to cooperate and I make weird ones. It's something that I always get like super self-conscious about. It was like a horrible thing to deal with when I was in school because people were like, commit to the line. And I was like, my brain wants to, but, like, my motor skills just sometimes are going to, like, fuck it up. And, like, I don't want to ruin an entire drawing because my motor skills just, like, decided to tap out at some point. Exactly. Like, it's just, like, a lot more motor skill at that point. Like, it's not, like, me not wanting to. Like, I could do it in my head, but my motor, my hands just does not want to do it. So, like, I always wanted, like, an iPad or some sort of, like, digital thing to do that, but... um before, like, I got really back into art, like, I didn't feel like that was, like, a solid investment that I could make, and I couldn't afford it, and I was like, it's not really worth it, so I'm just gonna keep, like, just sticking out with, like, traditional, like, pen and paper, um, but, like, when I was working on my phone, I started finding more of a happy medium, um, that's why I was really into photography for so long, um, I mean, I just enjoyed photography in general, but, like, I didn't have to draw things by myself, I never found drawing that enjoyable, um, like, occasionally i would doodle but it wasn't really my thing um and uh i had some experience with photoshop just from school and whatnot but i didn't i didn't really just know what to create like i just would make random things by myself like when i would have it and then i just kind of lost interest in that i just kind of focused on photography for a bit more um but then i started working back on my phone um like late 2020 like I'll find, I'll see if where I posted this, but I, I made my first piece, like, when I was, like, drunk and just sitting on the toilet because I had Photoshop on my phone, and I was like, let me make something with this, um, and so I made something, and I was like, oh, actually, actually turned out kind of cool, so let me start exploring this more, um, and I was, like, using, um, what was it, Ibis uh, Paint X and uh, Photoshop mix i think it was on my phone and i just started get really getting into like using those apps more uh, more so and um around that time i started working with one of my um friends i got a couple of my friends from college um they wanted to make a fashion brand and uh, i was also i'm also like really into fashion and um just all of, like 
like photography and like uh, videography and that kind of stuff. So I got involved with that. Um, we tried to like make our own brand, but it like failed badly. Uh, we just like didn't commit to anything and it was just all a mess plus COVID. So we all just kind of like went our separate ways. But during that time, like I was like technically creative director in that like I was like doing a lot of promotion and like just like uh, looking for art and like making my own stuff. Um, and that's what started really getting me into uh, making art again, uh, just like kind of editing photos and just creating something new with it um, based on some like things that I liked. Like um, I use a lot in my work now, uh, like high contrast images and a lot of like very vivid colors. Um, and so like, that's where I started from there. Like um, I started using my photography more and stuff and like looking up more like images and everything from like the internet, trying to create my own thing. So like kind of like digital collages um, and so that's where I like, started again with art. Do you have um, any examples of anything mixed media? Like, have you combined your photography and your uh, illustrations yet? Um, my illustration, not exactly, I guess. Um, like, there's, like, some simple stuff kind of back um, when I was working on my phone, I guess. Like, it was just very simple stuff. Nothing I really minted, though. Um, the one I just posted, it was sort of my photography. It was a picture of, like, my the doorknob in my bathroom because I was sitting on the toilet. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing, looking through my media, seeing if I can find one that I actually did. Um, let's see. Uh, there's one that um, I had... Gifted my friend Jenk. Um, he has collected a lot of my one-on-ones. Um, and he saw this old work of mine that did incorporate like a little bit of illustration and my photography uh, in with it. I don't remember if I've tweeted it or not. So I can't really find it. But I know it's on my uh, website. And that one kind of did. It was like really simple illustration. Um, that's where I like, started like... Um, getting back into that kind of stuff because I got a I got a little stylus for my phone um and I have a little Samsung so drawing on that's just kind of an issue plus I have a screen protector and so it was just not super super fun but I want to get into like using more like uh, mixed media kind of things but I still need to get a scanner so and I've been lazy about finding one <laughs> You know, laziness is often uh, the main, or not even laziness, but like just getting those simple things or like getting started is usually one of the main enemies of artists and creative people. Exactly. Especially when I have my iPad, I could just do it all there. So I'm like, I can wait. Now, you mentioned obviously like creating artwork kind of at like very sporadic random times. Now, has that been something that's like remained consistent for you, or do you create it sort of like a more regimented pace at this point? Or do you still kind of like just grab your materials and like start frantically creating whenever inspiration strikes? Um, I have to say it's like a mix of all three. Um, I really don't like doodle like on random things a lot of the time like it just it's not fun to me um and I wish it was like I'm so jealous of people who like could just can doodle but like it's like semi-stressful for me with like just drawing and stuff and just like not really knowing what to do 
So like whenever I do get inspiration, I just like kind of go and attack it. I just go like plant this thing out. Um, but like at the moment, like when I, the way I've been working with most recently, it's just like, I already have pieces like planted in my mind. Um, I just kind of hold that inspiration. Like, like once I like, think of it, like I just kind of hold it. And like, I, once I get to it, I get to it. Um, but like at the moment, I really just like to focus on one thing at a time that I've already like planned in advance. Um, and I have like, I have a lot of issues with just planning pieces in general. Like I never ever make like, like a planned out, like, or just a plan in general. Like I always see people posting like their, how they like uh, started their piece and like sketch it out. But I just kind of go and like, I just feel like full standard basically. Like um, I get an idea in my head, I go look for references and then I just kind of put the references together in like a, a collage. And then from there, I just go for, like make my own sketches from that. So what's like, on average the turnaround from idea to finished piece like for you is that totally across the board as well or is that something that like you have a typical range for um it sort of depends um when it comes to like my more like one-of-one works that i like really focus my attention on those can take like let's say like a month to three months, depending on how busy I am. Um, I do have like a nine to five job in my normal life and I'm also in grad school. So I'm very, very busy. So I can only work when I like little spurts and whatnot. So that's why it takes way longer than it needs to be. But um, when it comes to like abstract work, I can definitely ter- like have quicker turnaround on that and like say a week or so, like a week or two. So like it's starting to get like a bit faster when I do find time and if I, I really feel comfortable in what I'm doing. Um, like my last piece, um, I, t- I think it took like two and a half months just because like I got busy. It was just the holidays and I started working on something, another piece during the time and finished it during that time. But like my most recent piece, like I'm already like almost all the way through it and it's been less than a month. So it really just depends like what time I have. I think that makes sense. Um, well, I mean, it definitely makes sense, but what I was going to, what I was going to say is like, so because you have like these other things that are going on in your life, whether it be grad school and like having, um, a, a stable nine to five job when it comes to creating, do you feel that opens you up more to have less like restrictions for like your process or like your expectations for your art? Because it's not like the main thing that like you're relying on for like income or stability. Yeah, definitely. Um, like it definitely lets me just focus on what I want to create. Um, and I don't like to, like, I don't take commissions. I just only focus, like I pretty much just only create for myself and I just keeping it that way has like really caps like art, like, so like, um, like such a, a good, like, um, escape for me from everything. And I like having that separation between my work and like my art because then like, I, I, I really love my job in real life. Um, with research and everything but um it is a lot and my like schooling is also related to that so having that just escape for art is just like the best like medium for me because i could just freely do whatever i want with that um but ideally i would love to be able to kind of switch that around and like kind of focus on art more so as like my income in the future um so because like i really really love my research but personally i don't want to get my phd anymore just like working with my grad students and everything. And um, I'm a master's student now, but it's really only just because I want to be able to get paid enough to have a living wage. Um, 
Jeez, what a stressful sentence that is. <laughs> yeah, like um, I really love research. My goal is to like, work in like weed uh, or psychedelic research and specifically for addiction. Like that's my absolute like number one passion in this world. Um, but since I don't want to get my PhD, like that really limits how much I'm going to get paid and what kind of jobs I can get. But I also don't mind that because I like being in the middle or like towards the bottom just because you get so much more freedom and just you're not like you don't have so many responsibilities and it's like not you, there's like you know like you just don't have like uh, a lot of responsibilities to like um for, to take care of like other people and like focus on like regulations and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff and yeah, I like kind of like being just like in the low part like, of it. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I, I think what like what I what I feel like you're trying to um or what I feel like you're saying is that uh you hate like when you get into the higher up positions, you're kind of doing more of the bureaucratic stuff rather yeah, yeah, than yeah, like exactly. the actual like stuff that you're passionate about. Exactly. Like I love being just like doing hands-on research and just doing all that is just my bread and butter. Like it really, I just find it very enjoyable and I really wouldn't mind doing that for the rest of my life. So like, that's why my like, end goals kind of switch that around and have be able to do whatever research I want, but like not have like a ton of responsibility connected to it. That's awesome. That really, this is, um, I'm very glad that we're finally having this opportunity to have like a conversation like this, because I don't think that that's something that like has ever come up like in the conversations that we've had thus far. So like, it's really cool to hear that you're so passionate specifically about research, because I feel like oftentimes people like their, their goal itself or the thing that they're passionate about usually is like having a goal in mind or like specific or not like a goal but like having like an end game for their research not just like enjoying the process itself exactly yeah like i just like, see my bosses and everything and they really just don't get to do a lot of what they want to do and um with my master's right now like i'm my uh, master's is in translational pharmacology and i'm focusing on clinical uh, pharmacology and clinical research in general and i've like learned i don't enjoyed any of the bureaucratic stuff just because like everything i'm learning right now is related to like grants and like regulations and like i'm doing a lot of like reading on administrative stuff that i just do not care about and i just don't enjoy and it's just a lot of like it's so stressful to just to work in that kind of field and so like i like being where i am where my responsibilities are like minimal and i just have to like be told what i'm uh do what i'm, I'm told basically and i really don't mind that <laughs> so when it comes to this research, what is like your favorite thing to research? Like you said, you were mentioning like weed and psychedelics. What would be your um, ideal research position that you would get like moving forward? So there is a lab at my school that like has like exactly what I want to do. It um, deals with psilocybin research and specifically psilocybin research in PTSD patients and like its use in like um like well that one's like the more of a public health study but there's also one focusing on ibogaine as like a means to treat uh patients going through uh, withdrawal symptoms and everything so like my like ideal medium would be like focus on psychedelics and how they can be used like therapeutically or like other like um psychedelic uses to treat like addiction and everything because um i have had a lot of like personal experience with it with addiction um a lot of my friends in my hometown like od'd and that was like a really big thing in high school and then i personally went through a uh, uh, addiction recovery um i'm i think almost three and a half years clean now um and so like that's a big motivator just like having gone 
through what I went through and like my experiences with all that. Um, and like my big thing has always been just like kind of improving the treatment options and like just the general perception uh, of addiction in general, just like that's huge. MP. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no, I just, you're I, good. I was just going to say like, congratulations on like being able to overcome something like that. I know that it's not easy. And I, I also come from a very small town where uh, overdose was like all too common. And mm-hmm. like every year or so there was at least one or two and, that was like on the low end there was uh just it's such a devastating thing honestly to watch like young people literally just like go like they burn their fuse out so early from addiction and like there's so much stigma around it and like it really devastates people and like entire families and everything and like Mm -hmm. the resource the resources available are like so limited so to hear that you're so passionate about this is is, again like very uh, meaningful yeah, like, um, I remember, like, when I was going through <clears throat> all those issues, like, I personally was very resistant to treatment um, at facilities specifically. Like, I was very stubborn, and I went full court, like, cold turkey by myself, and I, like, dealt with it by myself. And, like, I had some friends that helped me, um, but, like, I did not want to go through rehab and that, that whole process. And that's just, like, from my perception of how, like, a lot of the treatment goes. Like, it just it's just not good. Um, and there's, like, this whole thing about like one size fits all like um i really just this is a little controversial to some people but like i don't love like a 12-step program and like aa and all that just because it feels very rigid and especially when people get told like oh that's like you have to go to that like that's the one cure all blah 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 that was like my big thing i I really want to like work to like change that um and like um that's like a big thing with like um I've kind of lost my train of thought, but um... no, I was going to say that's huge. I, I think that that's a really noble pursuit because I think that there are so many people who are resistant to treatment because of not only like the stigma around it, but also like what is available. There are so many limiting like programs and stuff. And even when people look into these programs, so many of them are tied back to like a religious like origin exactly. and like, so many people don't want that because it's a grift at the end of the day. Like, exactly. yeah, it's, it's nice that like these people are helping, but they're helping because they want me to believe in religion the way that they're teaching it. So it's like, thanks for the help, but you're doing it for a specific reason. Exactly. Like it always like bothered me, like with that kind of stuff. And like, for me personally, like, group therapy wasn't really ever my thing. Like I understand the benefits and whatnot, but I know for me personally, it's just, it's not for me sure like to be forced into like that kind of environment which is like not my thing um and just like especially with like um aa specifically like i know this is definitely like me having a bit of a controversial opinion about it but um i like just don't believe in like one size fits all treatments like i believe like everyone needed to like have their own like specific like uh treatment plan whatnot for their recovery and sometimes that means like like with AA, it's there's a big focus on abstinence, and like I get that. It's like I really do. Like, I understand like the importance of all that, but for some people, it just doesn't work. Like at least for me personally, like I knew that didn't work because I did have like alcohol problems when I was in college. Um, but when I stopped drinking, like it felt like I didn't feel as good. Like just completely stopping drinking, um, completely, and that like I didn't, didn't need to drink, but 
I don't know. Like I felt a lot more power being able to control my drinking. If that makes sense. So like that was like no, I get thing, it. Like, like I'm very wanna... big on. Yeah, I totally understand that. You want to feel like you've overcome it and you have repaired your relationship with how you're able to handle those things. Exactly. So like that was a big. That's like a big thing I am on um, with all that. And so like <laughs> turning that back into like our um, like I like even though I, I love being an artist like it would be really really great to like be a full-time artist i just could not leave research personally like it's just so like personal to me and it's so something i'm so passionate about that um it's always something like i just couldn't leave now that's amazing mp that really is such like an inspiring thing to hear that you not only enjoy being an artist and like pursuing uh creativity but like you have such a uh a I don't want to say noble that sounds so like cliche and like played out but like such a I guess benevolent like at at a base level benevolent um reason for like wanting to explore research like this and and help people in in such a way yeah and um with art too like it's been like a big uh thing in helping me with recovery um at least like before, like I wouldn't say like my art was specifically like tied to themes and such. Um, my work like going forward is definitely going to be a lot more like a lot more personal than before. Um, but like art's always been like my uh way of expressing myself. Um, for, with for, like before with photography, it was a bit more complicated, I guess. Like I just really didn't know my style, didn't really know how to express myself. Like I just like took pictures of things and like made them like look pretty, I guess. Like I just like. <laughs> did it for like more like aesthetic things um but like getting back into art now like I've learned to like just actually express myself through all that and it's been like just a really great feeling um especially as I've become more comfortable in like my skills and everything after like practicing um more and more I mean like tying back to like what I was like going on about before like uh, after I finally got my iPad um in like uh Christmas of 2021 I think that's when like I felt like I started really exploding with my work because now I actually had the one thing I needed, which was like Photoshop and an undo button. <laughs> and that's when I started getting I really comfortable that. with work. <laughs> um, I, I actually had a, a question that, that just popped into my head um, mm-hmm. after all, all we've just been talking about. Um, do you feel that there would be like, do you think that like more creative resources, uh, in like rehabilitation would really benefit people in a major way? Because I think there are so many people who don't understand like how vast creative expression is and like how many, uh, different mediums that people can like explore and stuff. And do you think that if people had more creative outlets to like express themselves or their feelings or like their their experiences, they would be able to uh, overcome addiction more easily? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's definitely like something like I've thought about a lot in that like, with my personal experience that I was fully convinced that I couldn't do any kind of art just because. I wasn't good at traditional art or at least like not good in my mind. And it just like didn't come to me easily or naturally. And it took until me finding like getting to back into the Photoshop and literally getting my iPad was I like, Oh, I can actually do these things. Like I actually could find a way to like express myself differently. Like, and especially like researching different styles and whatnot. Um, and understanding that like the more traditional side of things isn't necessarily for everybody. Um, 
And I think that's like something that needs to be like more promoted, I guess. I don't know if that's the best word for it, but like that's like a, a perception like I know a lot of people have, especially who aren't into art and everything. They think like, like oh, I can't do the draw, like uh, whatever, draw realistically or something like that. And like I, so like I can't do that, but like in reality, they might have different like styles, different ways of expression, and whatnot. I also think that like you know, I'm speaking also from personal experience. People who struggle with addiction, they feel a lot of um, lack of control, and mm-hmm. I think pursuing like a new creative talent or like trying to find a new outlet is a really great way to. F- feel like you're able to regain some control because it teaches you how to approach situations differently it like reinforces that you are able to do different things and like I think that that's a very uh productive resource for people to have in their back pocket Mm -hmm. yeah definitely all right so I'm just gonna uh reset the room a little bit here thank you everybody for tuning in with uh MP here we've been here about a half hour so far and if you missed any of the interview uh at up until this point you can check on our Twitter archive as this will be recorded you'll be able to find it on our YouTube channel which you can find through following the links in the burrito Dow uh, Twitter account or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you tune in. There are a lot of ways you could be spending your time, and we're very grateful that you guys have been uh, tuned in with us this evening. This has been a wonderful conversation so far with MP, and we're going to keep it rolling with some questions before we probably open it up to other people to come on up. Shout out, Burrito. Yeah, shout out, MP. Shout out, Weeping Snakes. Would you mind telling us where that came from? It was completely random, honestly. Um, so I actually made a thread explaining this, which I will go find right now. But um, basically, my like work during most of 2020, like on my phone, was definitely like I had a lot of like crying imagery. I was going through a lot in 2021. It was not a good year for me, and so like, I just included a lot of cl- cr- included a lot of crying in a lot of my work and. Um, one of my earliest pieces was like, I think it was called Weaving Princess or something like that. And like that kind of just stuck in my mind for a while, um, just like weeping in general. Shout out um, to a lot of crying in 2021, just, you know, generally speaking. <laughs> Literally. And artists being so dramatic have always like, expressed that. And um, it was in. Actually, I don't really remember when I created my first account with we- the Weeping Snakes like username, but I was just like, "Well, Weeping Princess doesn't really sound like me," and so I just kind of kind of thought about like, "Oh, what are my favorite animals and whatnot?" And I just I really enjoy like I love snakes. Um, I've always I can't really explain it. Like they've never been like my exact favorite animal, but I've always like really really liked them and really loved their imagery, um, and so. I figure like, oh, this is also something like I could like easily incorporate into my work. And so that's how the name became a thing. Very cool. I was going to say, do you feel that you, like, even though you picked it at random, you have grown into the name or feel like it has like achieved some semblance of like symbolism or, or uh, like resonance with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, with, uh, the styles I really personally enjoy, it's a lot of like medieval type 
uh, artwork, and my favorite style personally is Baroque. And um, with a lot of that, uh, I oh, one of my other favorite styles is like um, etching work, like woodwork and uh, linograph. Um, yeah, linograph. Yeah, um, I always find a lot of like snake imagery with all of those things, and so that like started like really coming into me, like oh, like I could really like lean into this and really start incorporating into my work, and so like that's how I started my like namesake series. Um, I had just pinned it to the top. Um, where my first piece in the series was the one I did for my nifty uh, drought with Jank. Um, shout out Jank. I it like was like the first piece where I've like out of the ones I've made it's really felt like me like um I really just incorporated like my username into that and also just like all of my emotions into that not that like I wasn't doing that before with my work but like before it was just kind of like I didn't really know where I was going stylistically and like thematically with my stuff um and I started leaning into more of like the snake things more at in my piece that um I think you pinned it was unraveled. That's like when I started really leaning into like the snake imagery in my work. And um, I think like my love for snakes has just kind of grown more and more as I've seen more other like work with it from other artists. And I even have like just a snake pendant and a snake tattoo, like not because I wanted, like I specifically did it for like my username or like just snakes in general. I just kind of liked it. I just like, enjoy like serpent imagery. You didn't get the tattoo just for specific branding. You got it like because you thought they were pretty sick. Yeah, pretty much. Like I was like, I kind of want a tattoo just to like wrap around my finger. And I didn't really want like some like just like basic lines because I already have that on my hands. Like I fun fact, like my hands are actually done in pretty much all white. So for a couple color things here and there. But um, that's because pretty I sick. Want- I want to go to med school originally and um, you can't have tattoos on your hands, obviously. So I was like, let me do it in white so that I can pass through all that kind of stuff. And plus my parents are very, very strict and like very stereotypically Asian. So they hate tattoos. So I'm like, okay, two birds, one stone. Let me get these on white. So like how visible are they? They are like, um, it's hard to say because I personally think they're very visible. I always look at my tattoos every day and like they're very obvious to me but most people don't notice them until i really point it out which i always loved because like i know i have these but not everyone does no nah, that kicks ass i think i might have a tweet with pictures but um yeah i just kind of like got that same tattoo just because i wanted something a bit different than my abstract lines on my hands in white do you have um I was gonna say it sounds like you have more than one tattoo. Do you have a favorite tattoo or is that a difficult question for you? Uh, that's difficult. I have like twenty or something like that right now. Um Okay. It's, it's a bit hard because I cat I categorize my tattoos all differently because I have my white work and then I have like co- a line work and color, and then I have like normal black work. Um, and personally, I, I don't really like shading, so all my tattoos are in line work. Cool. But like, um, my favorite one out of my white ones, it's really hard to say because I love them all so dearly, and they all mean something to me, sort Very of. Cool. Um, but I guess at the moment, it's like I have this like white snake wrapping my middle finger, and it's like my favorite thing to look at because I've always wanted something there, but and I finally got it. And then um, my left arm. I'm like dedicating it all to fine art. Very and nice. 
doing fine artworks. Um, like my favorite one from that is I have uh, the winged victory of, I don't know how to say it, but it's like the Nike statue um, that's at the Louvre. Okay. And that one's like my favorite blackboard tattoo just because it's done in uh, etching style. And it was just like a very great experience with like this very wonderful artist named Sam Fortney in Columbus. And yeah, that was my favorite. And then I had these like polar, like it, they're really stupid little things. It's just like a sun, a moon, and a smiling cloud, a smi- smiling throne cloud in like a very colorful ink. And it's all line work. And I just love that one too. <laughs> That's all. I, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, my left arm is actually all single color uh, outline tattoos as well. Like I've, I, each one is going to be a different color. That's like always been my plan for my left arm. And I also <laughs> section like all of my tattoos as well. I love that. It was that that red tattoo I saw the other day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was uh one of the first ones that I think that might have even been the second tattoo that I got. I got it done by a guy who does great work, but is like a little bit of a quack. Um, <laughs> he does like really, really clean work that holds up for a long time. But um, yeah, I got I got that red one on the arm. I got a black one on the arm, and then I was gonna get like a yellow. I was gonna get a green outline one, but the guy was like, uh, I, "It's gonna twist on your arm," which I was like, "What does that even mean?" Like tattoo artists always give like such a weird reason sometimes for like why <laughs> they don't want to tattoo something in a given spot. But um, yeah, that was always my plan for for my for my left arm. That's super cool. I guess like um, silly bands, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like my right arm is just all random stupid stuff. Like I, I really want that feta ice spice tattoo. Oh <laughs> hell right yeah! Arm. So no, whoever I've... wants has a machine wants to do it in New York. I'm so down. Well, we definitely got some connections for that. Uh, in 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 uh April, I know we'll have people with guns. Let's not say that. I know. We'll, <laughs> I know we'll have people with uh, tattoo guns in April. So that'll be great. Um, Perfect. Yeah, and then my left leg I reserve for stupid tattoos. Even though that's where I got my first one, I have uh, Reptar from the Rugrats on my calf. <laughs> oh wait, I did find a picture of my tattoos. If someone's anyone's interested, sure. That's my white snake one. Let's I just pet the bird. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I think the thread is still there. I'm waiting for it to to register. Um, but that's really cool. Do you have any interest in, like specifically in tattooing or like any of the art forms associated with tattooing? What are some of like your favorite styles of art? Um, with tattooing, I've always wanted to be a tattoo artist, but I hate people way too much to be commit to being an art, a tattoo artist. And I really just couldn't do other things that are like, that weren't my own style, you know, and you like, you have to do all that kind of stuff to really get that practice too. So being a tattoo artist is just not for me. Um, even though I really wish I could. And, um, with tattoos, at least like stylistically, I love the line work and like etching style tattoos. Like, um, there's a lot of artists who do like woodcut tattoos and like ones that look like stamps and those are like my favorite tattoo artists who oh uh, yeah those are crazy or like yeah the people who do like the embroidery like patchwork style tattoos yeah they look like like, dimensional yeah that's crazy i've seen like this artist i think in poland and um 
in Mex and there's one in like Guadalajara in Mexico. Cool. They like do ones that look exactly like um ink stamps. And it's wow. so cool. Like they like ink you do a stamp onto like, your arm to like make the thing like your um outline everything. Oh, that's really oh, I think I've seen that. I feel like I may yeah. have heard of that. Yeah, so that kind of stuff like I just absolutely love and that like definitely comes out a lot my in my artwork, especially more recently. Um um with my like actually I, well, I haven't released it quite yet, but um like my future work is gonna be like more like kind of that stuff. Um and the one thing like the one uh, sketch that you posted shows like I just really love like crap like line work in general. Um but like artwork wise, my favorite styles, um as before I said, like I love Baroque. Like Caravaggio is my number one like favorite favorite like historic uh artist. He I just love his work so much. Him and Bernini as well. Um my favorite like stat my favorite statue in the entire world is Ecstasy of St. Teresa. And like my dream tattoo is to get the full like um the full statue tattooed on my my leg. I had some plans to do it with like this artist in Columbus, but they keep ghosting me and like I guess they I don't think they do fine art like tattoos anymore. So I don't think that's happening anytime soon. And the quote I got from them for like doing it on my thigh was like way too much. So we're gonna wait on that tattoo for a while. But that's always I think like my favorite kind of stuff. Like I've always really, really loved academic artwork. Um well to an extent. But uh I like incorporate a lot of like those influences into my my own work, except um, I like to use like really vivid colors to like be a bit of of a contrarian to like academic color palettes and everything where it's more like reserved, I guess, and like not super, super vivid. Um, So that's like a big, uh, a big thing I like to do. Um, He's like not really an artist, but like my favorite person to reference is Andreas Vesalius. Um, He's, um, who I based that one sketch that was pinned up. Um, that was like uh one of the he's like my biggest influence for like anatomical references and everything. Um I also like love other like follow a lot of like an- anatomists from that era, like um Gover Bidlu, um and Jean Cousin. He uh those are like my big like in- illustration like influences. Um and just in general, I just love Francis Bacon. He's my number one favorite uh, contemporary artist. And I discovered him kind of quite late, like for, uh, like my, um, just in general, I really didn't get into him until more recently because my uh, number one favorite artist here in the space is Etienne Cross. Like he is pretty much who like inspired me to get back into art. Like I saw his work in like 2020 on Twitter and like read a bit about his story. And I was like, this is it. Like uh, his piece, love and death is my number one favorite piece of art artwork. Like if I had a hundred, I would do anything to get that, <laughs> to buy that. It's like, it's my screensaver on my computer. Like it's my number one favorite piece of art. Why? And it's, I couldn't even really explain it. Like it's, it just struck me so differently because I felt like I hadn't seen styles like that um, in my personal experience at that time. Like looking back at my old tumblers and everything, I, I watched my taste like really evolve because I was really back in really into min- minimalism back in the day. And like now I've approached like 
I've really grown to like love like more maximalism stuff and more like surrealism and seeing like ATN's work. It was just so different to me um, from what anything else I've been like enjoying at the time. And that's like what really just got me into like um, a lot of it's surrealism, surrealism in general. Um, So like him and Francis Bacon, like I learned a a lot more about Francis Bacon, like through like ATN's work and following his um, work a lot and just seeing his influences and everything. um, And that really just kind of got the ball rolling and all that. And I've just spent so much time like researching different artists now um, that like have similar types of works that are more historic. Like I really love like, delving into like art history and whatnot um at the moment like i'm really really into medieval artwork um i have like so many references saved from like just the more like the really weird types of um artwork from that era what about um, it inspires you it's hmm i just love how like weird it is honestly like it's like it is super weird um it's just like there's nothing to really explain book. it <laughs> don't let me forget there's a book after this that like came from like the 15 or like 1600s that's like looks like super weird cartoons it's like super unique and like very out of place for the time period that it came from and like it's one of one of my favorite things i'll have to try to send you some of the examples from it yes i would definitely love to see because i might know what you're talking about but um, I would love to see it regardless. You probably have if you're into medieval art. It's like very one of a kind. It's like the it's like the book of something, or I don't even remember what it specifically is. But like it's a collection of just these almost like medieval yokai looking things. Like they're mm-hmm. very strange like that's just the only way to describe them like because back then yeah sure people had like imaginations and shit but like they didn't act on it in nearly the same capacity like they they did nowadays everything was either like secular or based in observation or religious or like based in observation like really just like figurative random character based stuff feels like something that developed way later in different centuries exactly like, I just, yeah, like, it's just all weird, so weird that I, like, it's, I'm immediately drawn to it, um, especially with, like, like anatomical that work. stuff. Ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, um. That's awesome. No, that's sick, because you know what? I think that, like, that makes me excited to see where you will explore with your own artwork, because, like, to have the fascination from both of those schools of thought is, like, really i don't again i i gotta like get in a thesaurus or something in in the near future because i'm I'm at a loss for words recently i'm trying to find better words like i I, uh i'm trying to think it's like it's just awesome (laughs) that you have like both of those schools of thought like at hand when it comes to like inspiration and creativity because i think the juxtaposition of those two elements will yield really interesting outcomes exactly like um with the way i work like i just like pretty much pull anything I like and we kind of put it to see what I can do to put it together. Um, Cause I already have like a central theme in my mind. And from there I can just build from like what I find and see, like um, I haven't posted that much about the stuff I'm, but I've been working on, but I've been uh, for the most recent piece, I've been like pulling from my like, Japanese influences. Um, my most recent obsession is with William Blake. He was a poet 
and a uh, printmaker and i personally love printmaking like not make, actually doing it i have yet to actually get into printmaking but like the actual prints themselves like i love researching them and especially since a lot of them are done in etching styles and yeah those are just like my favorite things to like obsess over and look through um and with like anatomical stuff especially with andreas Vesalius, his stuff is just like very like disturbing and like very surreal and that's why i've always loved it because i mean i do like work with anatomy type of stuff a lot like my daily life and everything but it's never been like oh like i want to it's inspiring me and whatnot but like after seeing like his works and how like just I can't, I mean, I don't know if there's a really no other word. It's just, like, disturbing. Like, they're all just, like, really weird sketches of, like, human bodies and, like, like I guess, like, gross positions and, like, ways of, like, portraying it and whatnot. But it's always just been yeah, so Yeah, there's a lot of that crazy stuff. Like I said, there's a lot of very, like, weird, I almost want to say, like, tangible body horror from that era, but, like, not in an intentional way like people just, just drew yeah, things just really like, weird it was done for science but like they did it in a very horrifying way <laughs> there yeah there are like so many weird style choices where you're like that that was certainly a decision that someone made and yeah i just love that and i just can try to find ways to like incorporate into my that into my work to like really get into like that surreal element and just make it very just very different yeah that's awesome I, I think that your work definitely stands out on its own already so it'll be very cool to see where you go in the future um do you have any direct plans for what you want to explore next i know that we're uh, approaching like the last 10 minutes or so of the hour um and we'll probably open it up to people in the audience after this but maybe as a final question uh you could answer what i just said if you remember because i forgot honestly I also forgot. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So then on that note, we will just open it up to the people down in the crowd. Um, if anybody would like to come up and <laughs> ask MP a question or remembers the one that I forgot, feel free to come on up. You remember? The question was of what you want to do in the future. Right. What do you want to do next? Thank you, Zion. You are the best. <laughs> Thank you, Zion. Um, well... Currently, like, I've just kind of been kind of stuck on a, a, a series that I've been working on. Um, haven't released anything with it yet because I'm still figuring out exactly what I want to do with it. But um, this one's, like, a lot more, a lot less influenced, like, with anatomy type of stuff, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a lot more medievally, if that's a word, like, influenced. But, like, my stuff... Yeah, it definitely with, is. Um, <laughs> the next things I want to work on, I really want to continue like my whole namesake series like a, the a weeping snake series and i really want to like explore asian art a lot more um i kind of started doing that with my current piece with um, some of japanese art um i can't think of what his name is i think it's yoshi something Toshi. i don't know what his name is but he's like just very well known or no suki suki sukioka yoshitoshi sukioka him I love his work because it's all like very gruesome, like very typical like, Japanese style, like um, like the old Japanese styles of artwork. And I really want to explore that more and like a lot more. I really want to explore Vietnamese art a lot more, just like getting to my own culture and exploring all that. Um, 
and with like my next plans for the next parts of my series it's like a lot more like um classical greek stuff oh okay so we're gonna enter a classical greek period of npr work next possibly okay we'll see what i do with that i haven't had anything planned yet all right oh we got a request from 3d let me bring him on up yo what's good 3d hello hello i don't i don't have a voice so i'm gonna try and make the question real quick <laughs> um, okay. so what dictates the the mythology or the type of mythology that you get into like what dictates you going from like japanese mythology and going to greek mythology and like bouncing around is it like the specific art styles of the time period or like your culture Um, it's definitely a lot of the um, art styles from those time periods like um i just really enjoy the old styles personally and so i like to really dive into that all that i've always really been into all kinds of mythology especially as a kid um i was big into greek mythology as a kid and um with asian asian like mythology and everything i have never really explored that with my artwork and i really do want to incorporate more of like my uh, culture and like heritage into all that since i've never really explored that side um for like my artwork at least and yeah I yield Mike. This was in the uh, All right, thanks for coming up. This was a cool interview to listen to. Call an hour. Hell yeah. Very grateful that you decided to uh hop up for an interview, MP. Thank you for come having me come up. No problem. Um let's see. So, this is a question that I honestly really love to ask uh everyone. But if you could All right. You know, even even if it's uh, Etienne, who would you work with if you could collaborate with any artist, like, in the world, living or dead, on anything? And what would it be if there were no restrictions? Oh, that, that's, that's tough. <laughs> that's really tough. Um, that's why I ask. Oh, that's hard. Um, like... Honestly, I wouldn't want to collaborate with ATN just because I respect him so much and I don't have any idea how to even like incorporate my work with this. So I just like want to keep that separate, you know? Um, I guess hmm, when I think about it, um, when I see Milan in the audience, it'd be really cool to do something with Milan just because like I know Milan does a lot of like anatomy type stuff too. But you're you're saying you would you would lean more side more towards the side of uh doing like an anatomical collaboration with someone? Yeah, um just because like my other stuff is just so varied. Like I honestly don't know how I would do that. At least like at, at this moment in time. I still have to, to like get more comfortable in that side of, like that kind of side of my work. Um whereas like the stuff like anatomy and everything, it's more something I've already been doing for a while, so I feel very comfortable working in it. Um, and I would feel like more comfortable doing collab stuff with that that um, that style, but like I still have yet to like really feel super comfortable with like my other like more mytho- mythological type of uh, styles or themes. 
Okay, so obviously, like, you think that's something that'll come more in time? Yeah, um, I'm still, like, really settling in into my style and everything. Like, I've only more recently been really feeling that I... I'm trying, <laughs> I keep saying the same words, but, like, I really have only just started feeling super comfortable with my style and my work and, like, working more consistently and everything. So I still have, like... A lot more growing to do with that whole side and just improving my own skills. Yeah, and you know what? Like, improving skills is one of the things that I tell people, like, is always a constant process. And you should always be, like, trying to think of a way that you can practice a little bit because those skills stack. And, like, every time you, like, even tend to, like, your art in the smallest way, like, it has a net positive for you. Exactly. Like, I definitely am big on that, too. Most definitely. And uh, again, MP, thank you for being here. Um, If anybody in the audience wants to come on up, say hi, uh, ask a question, feel free. If not, we'll probably wrap things up uh, in the near future to be courteous of everybody's time. This has been an absolutely fantastic interview. Um. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about specifically that you feel like you did not have the opportunity to uh, say yet, uh, MP? Um, nothing I can particularly think of. I think like we did cover a lot of what I did want to talk about. Um, I guess just yeah, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> But, All right, awesome. I was just checking out your tattoos. They are very cool. Uh, the the white uh, outline tattoos, they kind of remind me of, like, if I was, like, watching, like, a show and it was, like, we picked up on the sign on the hand and it, like, shows, like, the outline of it, but, like, you can only see, <laughs> like, the tiny, like, little highlighted section. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how I feel like it, it comes to everybody. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, I, I've never I, I never thought to get one of uh, those for myself before, but maybe I'll have to look into that in the future. Definitely recommend it. Um, you definitely just have to get a good a good artist who knows what they're doing. Because I always get told like, oh, it's gonna fade. Oh, it's not gonna show up. Blah blah blah. But I have ones that are going on seven years old, and they are still bright as day. Like nice. they didn't fade at all, and they're hand tattoos. So. I want to get rid of that false narrative of all those hand, uh, hand tattoos and white tattoos fading. You just need a good artist. Nice. We also had Gigi come on up if you had a question. Yes. Hi, Gigi. Hi. Good morning. Um, I do not have a question, but I just wanted to um, say how lovely it was to listen to Snakes talk about her journey and you know taking a deep dive about her personal life and also how that influences her art and also you know give her flowers like her art is amazing and you know it just stands out and i just let you know that so yeah it's past 2 a.m and i need to go and sleep i just think because of you (laughs) for coming back Gigi. i appreciate all that very much Shout out, Gigi. She yeah, works amazing. Uh, I have another question for you, MP. 
Yeah. So since you mentioned being fairly busy um, outside of like doing your creative work, when it comes time for you to have free time, are you itching to get like to your creative stuff or do you have to like set yourself up with like you put on a podcast, you put on some music, like you clean your room or something like what are the constants of your creative process when you finally get the time to like get down to it? I'm like just always itching to get to my work just because I don't have time. So like every time I do like have to stop, I'm like, okay, I really want to work on this the next day or the second I get time. So like, I just like work like a maniac when I do get that time. Um, Like it's not very healthy, especially like recently, like I have not been sleeping a lot, but like I've been working for like, I will get home from work around like 6 PM and then like take maybe an hour or so to like, just kind of settle myself and then I'll work the rest of the night until like 4 AM. Oh yeah. That's so not enough just, sleep like, at all. That's no, no that's and I wake lot. up at like, at nine so it's not the best and i still have to figure out my schedule but it's just hard to put down the pen right now yeah it's tough when you get bit by the bug it's it's hard to uh it's hard to get off exactly um oh yeah it's pretty much just literally just whenever i get that and i really just have no process with it i just put on some stupid show or whatever and i work like I don't like to do anything proper. So I always feel a bit different when other people are like, oh yeah, I have my playlist and this and that and my podcast. And I'm just like, I will put on American Dad or Real Housewives and that's my inspiration. Hell yeah. As a uh, (laughs) veteran of the Chris Abrego universe, for anyone who does not know, that is all of the flavor of love shows and just about every (laughs) like love-based reality show from the early 2000s. Um. I can confirm that putting on brain rotting garbage is usually a great background uh, noise for entering your creative zone. Yeah, exactly. Like I, whenever I do take breaks from working, I just can like dissociate from my work and just like enjoy myself for a bit and then get back to work easily. Cause it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like, it's kind of one of those things where, like, yeah, it's nice to have, like, something that, like, you might want to pay attention to in the background. But, like, while you're creating, you kind of just want to be able to, like, fade in and out of, like, the flow state, I guess. Like, you like being in mm-hmm. touch with the art. You like kind of listening to what you got going on. But, like, you don't want to get too invested in what you got on the TV because then that takes away from what you're doing. Exactly. So I like just like having that slight separation. Totally feel that. But I, you know what? I know that you have a good chair to make artwork in. Do you <laughs> sit in this chair while you're making that artwork? Yes. Whenever I'm at home and working. Very good. That was a yes. test. <laughs> yeah. Every, just As a recommendation to everybody, steel case, best investment I've ever made. My back no longer hurts and I work for so long. <laughs> that is pretty incredible. Um. MP, do you do you ever struggle with like you know uh, I guess the energy to like continue going with artwork or is that something that like is always kind of like burning for you like you're always like you might go through periods of like feeling less and less able to like spend the time with it but is is creativity and like a, a will to like create something that is always burning within you? Um. I definitely like have my moments where it does wane and I do struggle with more with my creative energies and whatnot, but at least like for the past few months, I guess it's been like really burning inside of me because I've just been incorporating a lot of like my 
personal feelings into my work and just kind of driving like and like my negative energies and everything because I have like been going through a lot like the past few months and I've just been channeling all of that energy into like creating and that's been like a really great outlet for me so when I do have like the periods like those like periods of inspiration like I really can just keep working nonstop. but um I do have like those moments uh when I just kind of run out of things to do or like figuring out what I want to do but at least for now like I don't really have that um I just have so much like planned and it's like almost like the silver lining of like having like no time to like I don't get to work on every single little thing I want so I don't finish as much so I do have more that I can do um when I do finish my things because I just don't have the time to get to it okay well you know I I I definitely understand like that uh like push and pull between having the amount of time to like finish the things you want and balancing that between like everything we got going on in in our real lives. Um do you like do you feel like no matter what like you will always return like to art at this point or like do you feel like it will remain a constant in your life? Yeah, um I think I've like really just hit the point of no return with my art um i it's just really nice to like be able to feel comfortable and i work now because i think that was like the point of no return for me um there have been like moments in like the past year where i've been like do i really want to keep doing this like it, it takes up so much of my time and it's just so much work but um before it was more that it was still like pretty stressful stressful for me and now that it's like feels comfortable and feels like a lot more natural to me i just feel like i couldn't go back uh to anything else i think that's how a lot of people end up feeling and like that that makes me feel happy to hear that like once it it kind of sticks for people that like hey i love doing this creative thing like i don't think i could see my life without it that always makes it feel a little bit like more um reassuring that like creativity is kind of like an intrinsic human quality and it really all just like matters if we find the medium that like we feel comfortable expressing ourselves with exactly all right mp do you think uh you got anything else you want to say or do you want to try to like is there anything else on your mind before we wrap things up here i don't want to hold you too long um nothing in particular just shout out to everyone burrito shout out for uh, to be promoting this post, uh, hosting the space, and just shout out to like all my friends in the audience that I see. I really appreciate everyone's support so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about your work. I love your work, MP. I am definitely a fan. I look forward to seeing more of it um, in the future. It was very cool. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's talk about that for one second because we didn't really talk about that all that much. I did get to see one of your pieces in person, which was very cool. Um, oh, yeah. We did not talk about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, so we're going to take a couple minutes to talk about that real quick. It is the if you start at the first pinned piece, it is the fourth pinned piece. It is introspection. Uh, this is a piece that I got to see in person on display at a uh, for the TL curated event in New York City, which was very sick. Have you had any of your other work displayed anywhere, MP? Yes. Um, I was also in the for the TL exhibition at NFT NYC last year uh, at Zoratopia. Um, then I think I had other, th- I was in, that was it, Meta Pride Land, I think last year too. Um, but introspection is the piece that was 
displayed very incorrectly at NFT show Europe last year that I'm going to be salty about for the rest of my life. I'll pin it up here, but it was displayed in portrait instead of landscape. Oh. <laughs> and it's going to forever haunt me just seeing it like that because I know there was a piece right below it that was in landscape. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost doubly insulting at this point to go to like an NFT or like what feels like it should be a, nigi- a digitally native event um that like just doesn't respect screens or like doesn't respect like the artwork in its digital form or like pay attention to any of the ways that it's going to be displayed it's like it feels very insensitive like to just completely glaze over like the the proper display of these uh digital images like I would get it if it was like one of my square works and oh maybe like it might be a different orientation but this was so obviously landscape and I was like oh okay I guess I'm not showing anyone in this picture <laughs> yes that's crazy for real <laughs> have you had the chance to see your pieces uh, on display in person no none of them I couldn't wow, go to New York okay. last year so I haven't seen it and then I couldn't go to basil either so i didn't see anything from that i don't even have the pictures from basil and then the only other places i've had were like in europe and like asia so definitely couldn't see so new york will be the first times i get to see this this year oh we definitely got to make sure you're you're, uh like able to see your pieces on display in new york mp i hope so that'll be nice to finally see in person definitely um so you know what i think on that note maybe we will uh we'll wrap things up here it has been an absolute pleasure mp um thank you for everyone who tuned in this has been a blast uh any parting words any advice you would be able to maybe give anyone down in the audience about anything uh creative like (laughs) creativity wise or what have you i guess just keep pushing and keep exploring and like experimenting because you never know what will really like click with you um i didn't really expect this to be like the style that i would really love and like feel comfortable in but after like tons of experimenting it's what clicked for me eventually um so yeah also shout out ice spice shout out ice spice shout out mp shout out burrito Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you missed any part of this interview, you can check it out on our Twitter archive, on our YouTube channel, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your, your podcasts. Thank you so much for hanging out. There's a lot that you could be doing out there, and we're very grateful that you guys spent your evening with us. And we will see you guys at the next one. From everyone here at Burrito Doubt, that's going to be a wrap on this one. Thank you, everyone, for coming.